0: Hey everybody, and welcome to the Weird Corpus Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Hotcakes.
1: And I'm Emma Nicole.
0: And we got a great show for you today. Everybody, uh, please stick around. We got Frankie Stein coming up in just a few moments here on Weird Corpus. You're listening to Weird Corpus. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Hotcakes.
1: And I'm Emma Nicole Smith.
0: Weird Corpus Podcast talks about everything art, entertainment, and culture in Corpus Christi.
1: And you'll get to meet all of the people that make Corpus a little bit different.
0: Welcome to Weird Corpus.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Weird Corpus Podcast. This is our second episode.
0: The second one, second I'm ready. Second
1: episode, are you ready? I am ready. So a really quick little news bite from Weird Corpus. We're going to be taking a break on printing until it's safe for everyone to meet up again and we can enjoy art walk and all that stuff. So you'll be able to enjoy our podcast in the meantime.
0: That's right. So printing our Weird Corpus zine is on hold while businesses uh, get their uh, you know, drive through and carry out and all that stuff. Uh, we're going to give them a little time to to get through quarantine.
1: Yes, and we have an incredibly special guest today. I'm excited. Are you excited? I am. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm super excited. So this person, this individual, is a graphic designer, horror enthusiast, videographer, makeup artist, theater kid, chef, influencer, cat daddy Tupaco and a drag entertainer. Are we missing anything, Frankie Stein?
2: Don't forget a former plasma donator and a recovering bartender. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie Stein, I'm so glad
0: you are here with us on the show. So Weird Corpus is all about introducing people to a different side of Corpus, right? The different arts, the different types of entertainment here, different types of culture that exist here in our community. and. We have so much to get through today, I'm pumped.
2: I'm super excited that y'all have me here today. I'm really, really, really excited. I've been waiting for this for like two weeks and already had to reschedule <laughs> a hurricane. Yeah. And yeah. A Ms. high water. Miss Hannah tried to sabotage us. Yes, ma'am. But we're back in action. We're still alive, we're yes. here, kicking. in.
1: We're here, we're queer.
0: And we ain't going, no, going nowhere.
2: No,
1: we ain't going nowhere. So let's just get right into it. Yes. So I I feel like at your core, like the drag entertainer is, do you prefer drag entertainer over drag queen?
2: You know, the attitude is queenish. Mm -hmm. The ferocity that comes with it is that sense of royalty and that untouchableness. But I think um, for tax purposes, we'll say entertainer <laughs> that invokes being well-rounded that invokes being versatile that invokes being um multifaceted that's and a w2 or a 1099 employee
1: i don't know we should look that up yeah Can i'm Russell usually
2: Beanie a 1099 that? okay <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens uh boys and girls whenever you're a freelancer and you want to be your own boss i want to i want to labeled a 1099
0: <laughs> i want to ask you a question real quick so you're a drag queen mm-hmm. and how long have you been doing that
2: So I first started, um, I was actually thinking about it yesterday, I was reflecting on it because there's a project that I'm coming up with very soon that'll come out in fall. Uh, And I kinda was re-looking over, kinda my journey over the last three or so years. And for me, drag technically started very, very, very young. Oh, really? Because it's always been for me an extension of theater, an extension of stage, drama, performance and um the first time that i can recall being in drag quote unquote um i was a kid and my sister was cleaning her room and i remember it was summertime and it she had all these like gorgeous like dress up clothes because my parents used to dress my sister up literally like selena oh my god and they would <laughs> get her like spot on Douglas. replica costumes of selena
1: okay yes very lucky very very, very impersonator
2: yes the impersonator of in Texas. And my parents
0: dressed me up as Yolanda, <laughs> and I hated every second of it. Oh.
2: I mean, a perm only goes so far before I it starts I just had that little apart.
0: vest. It was like a floral vest. No. I looked ugly. Oh, my
1: God. Too soon, Johnny. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, my God. Well,
2: they, ha- they would dress her up, and I remember being a kid and being like, well, I want to get dressed up. I didn't want to get dressed up like Selena. I just wanted to get dressed up. And I remember they also had, like, this giant wardrobe of, like, 80s prom dresses that like fit kids. They were very very small. Mm-hmm. And I remember the this <laughs> one <Okay>. dress that, <laughs> because it was like a like a gown, I but it had like ruffles. That and was like,
0: the Wizard of Oz like costume trunk, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes,
2: and that's the thing is that when me and when me and Ivana were kids, shout out to Ivana Lisa Hair Riptide Salon, yes local, ma'am, um, my queen. When we were kids, um, that was our source of entertainment. Was we would put on like a Disney movie in the background and we would get dressed up in anything, like colchas, socks, <laughs> hats. Anything could be a costume girl. True. A t-shirt, inside out, tuck back. that's a wig, honey. A that's a full lace front. The mm-hmm. first wig. And <laughs> literally, that was our gig, was that we would reenact like Disney movies, or horror movies, or dramas, or whatever. We would just like, we were gigging it out. And there was this one particular time that my sister had given um, this black dress with gorgeous metallic silver ruffles all across the chest plate. And she gave it to me and she said, put it on. And I was like, no. I was like, I'm gonna get in trouble. And I remember thinking like, but I wanna put it on. And then she had like these little pair of like, you know, like those Dollar General shoes that are plastic. Yes! <laughs> they like make horrible clacking tones. Uh-huh. She had a black pair of those and she was like, okay, now put these on. And I was like, all this, I was like, I'm gonna get in trouble. And I don't know why it was like engraved in my head at like eight years old, I'm gonna get in trouble for wearing girls clothes. Yeah. And I just remember being so scared. And I remember um, her putting on this little karaoke system that we had, and my CD that I always had in there, I had two CDs, they're okay. very suspect. It was okay. either the soundtrack to Beaches oh, or the soundtrack God. to The Bodyguard. Oh and my God. This particular <laughs> this particular day Bangers. it was Yes, Bob's only slappers. It was this particular day that it was actually um the Bodyguard soundtrack. Okay. And she put it on Queen of the Night. And she was like dance As around, one would. As one should. <laughs> and she was like dance around and like and sing it. And I was like, I'm gonna get in trouble. And I remember being so scared. <laughs> yeah. And oh, finally the relief of it all, my dad opens the door. And he's standing there at the doorway and he's looking at me and I remember thinking, I'm about to get my ass busted. Like I'm gonna get in so much trouble. And my dad looked at me and my dad said, finish the song. <sighs> and I think in that moment, that's kind of when I knew, my dad knew his kid was different. And I've had talks with him since in communicating with him and being like, but when did you know? Cause it couldn't have been then. Yeah. I was like, it had to have been like, I was like three years old and I was like,
3: he was like,
2: and he told me, he said, every parent knows that their child is different or special. Really? But when you don't question it, that's when you let them go be who they are. I didn't want to interfere with who you were and who Mm. you are.
0: So he was letting you explore. He was letting me just be myself. And that was
2: all I, at at eight years old, I think that's all I could have ever asked for. Because what's the harm
1: in just dressing up and singing a song?
2: Exactly. Literally. Not only that, but that's the thing too, is that you can't combat that with like, um, Formalities and technicalities, and like, what's the word I'm looking for? When it's like a double, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm
1: not sure. Double standard.
2: Okay. You can't have a double standard because you can't throw me in theater mm-hmm. and musicals and all these things where people are constantly getting dressed up and being in character and things like that, and be like, oh, but you can't be a girl. Yeah. Oh, but you can't dress like this. That's where we draw the oh, line. Yeah. yeah. We'll cross it right there, and it's like no, it's like it's all or nothing, and I think that's something that is really important now. Is for people to let their freak flag fly, and it's kind of like all or nothing. It's just like go balls to the wall or don't do it at all. Yeah.
0: We were having a conversation the other day about entertainment in uh, the LGBTQIA community. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, hetero entertainment. I me and I remember when we were talking about what it's like to entertain as a straight person, like me, like as a DJ. Or as Girl, a, I've I was been sing- there I was, doing a, those, I was doing
2: those gigs where I was sitting there and um, I was singing and I was doing acoustic music and I was trying so hard to do the whole like Sam Smith thing. And it was mm-hmm. always like I was constantly being told here locally, like, you need to straighten up a little bit more because you're pushing too fine of a line. Like, if you're going to be gay, go be gay. Right. But if you're going to be that. straight, yeah, go be straight. But for here, what you're doing, I was always kind of like, Told, oh, you need to be more like Justin Timberlake or oh, like Bruno Mars or oh, like this. Mm. And I was like, girl,
1: girl, bye. What if
2: I were? I'm over here singing sad piano ballads and uh-huh. jazz standards. Like, that's not my gig to be like moving around, dancing around. So, transitioning over into your first question, into your second question, it was years into doing um, little side gigs of kind of like singing anywhere because I had been vocally trained since I was nine. Mm-hmm. So, I always had like that performance background. And that kind of went from, like, mariachi, musical theater, contemporary, things like that, singing at funerals, quinceaneras, weddings, that it was always, like, entertainer, like, 24-7. Yeah. Like, right. that was always, like, a thing. And Emma had said at one time, Emma was, like, because we were talking about, like, how things have come to recently, and I was, like, well, this is not your first time at the rodeo. Right. You've been, do- you've been on stage since you were nine years old, but you've only had a persona right a character or a brand a fully realized yeah character. like a, a, a full 360 gig for the last three and a half years
1: let's touch on that because one thing that i noted um that i wanted to bring up is for me i felt like you just started doing drag one day
2: and literally. it was, like,
1: literally just one day, like, Frank's like, oh, I'm going to do, dr- you were Lady Danger, right? Ugh.
2: Emma just got me. I'm. <laughs> I feel like I'm a hate like queen right now. Oh. You, you did your research. uh
1: uh-huh. she did her research. I went through 11 years uh-huh. of uh, files, and, files
2: floppy disks, and floppy disks. and Thumb drives.
1: Yes, yes. No, but um, I felt like you just started doing drag, and it looks very effortless and very easy, because it probably is for you, because you were in theater for... Decades, almost. Trained. You're, you're like, trained in theater, and you're just kind of zhuzhing it up a little bit. You threw some glitter. You threw some stones. I feel like that's why it looks so effortless.
2: I feel like being able to get on stage is second nature, but I remember when I first started doing drag... Excuse me. I remember when I first started doing drag, I initially was constantly told, oh, well, you need to go be a singing queen. And I remember thinking, "Why well, don't want to do that because I already do that presenting as a boy. Mm-hmm. Why do I want to go do the same thing, just dressed up? And as a singer, to be like cinched and in a corset and like mm-hmm. a wig, it's just like you're not in your element. You're not in your zone. It's not very comfortable. And the notes
3: get higher. Yes, girl. And then you just higher start whispering and everything.
2: Oh. And so... um." <laughs> And at that point, you're just Whitney Houston the whole thing where you just speak it all. <laughs> just to get through the gig. <laughs> but I just, that wasn't my gig. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be a singing queen. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I do yeah. it sometimes. Yeah. But Wait it's like,
0: minute. I got to ask this. I don't even know what type of different types of queens there are. Can we just get a rundown of what is the different types of drag queens? Because you're a singing queen. What else could there be?
2: Well, I don't, I don't think that it's necessarily like different types of queens. I think you have different, Aesthetics, aesthetics for sure. Aesthetics, but definitely you also have different categories of drag. Because drag goes into this huge broad spectrum. There's um I feel like as long as you're putting on your regalia and you're putting on your armor, which I like to think of drag is your armor because putting it on it helps people be their truest and most genuine self. And you
1: have to be a warrior oh yeah, on you the have front lines. To be a girl, warrior. Period. Yeah.
2: Battle for your life, Babylon. Uh-huh. But <laughs> I think. <laughs> what? Stream <Vrimanica>, I think <laughs> that um, definitely there's so many different types and you kind of just can fall into one if you're comfortable with one or you can do a bunch of different ones or you can switch back and forth. You could be campy one day, glamorous, pageantry, alternative Mm -hmm. a little bit more horror driven which is one of my favorite kinds like a scarier Um, drag queen and not even just a scary drag queen just something that's more on the edgy side that matches the aesthetic of your environment and your queer peers Mm -hmm. so So most
0: people are gonna know the lip-syncing uh and not every queen lip syncs
2: that's the thing and not every queen um not every queen that performs is lip-syncing some one thing that i feel like is a very underrated form of drag that yes they are considered a performance queen but one thing that i find that i feel like doesn't get enough appreciation and shout out to my girls that this is their gig are my hosts Mm. oh because i feel like a host is the most crucial part because you can have a sickening cast Mm But girl, if this if, if Miss Host is Boring boots, if no she's ma'am. bland beans, honey, I want my money back. Yeah. I'm not here for it. So <laughs> I would like to shout out I wanna shout out Miss Brittany Andrews. Brittany I wanna Andrews. shout out Miss Desiree Brooks, Miss mm-hmm. Layla Brooks, um myself, Miss Frankie Stein. Yes, ma'am. Miss Robin Valentine, all my girls who are sickening hosts out there. Am I forgetting anybody else? Oh god, I hope I don't not. know, but I do
0: want to make a comment though. So I went to my first drag show with Emma and was it at the hidden door? Yeah, of course it and, has to be. Yeah, and that's quintessential. And the host quintessential. was Brittany Andrews, Oof. <laughs> and I have been a I've been a host before, an MC Got for it. many many events for for years at and IHop. years at IHOP at, <laughs> at Pizza Hut in the '80s. Oh. But seriously. Oh. <laughs>
2: Shout out, Joanne, for Pizza Hut. Shout out to Joanne for Pizza Hut. The basic
0: thing is, I saw Brittany Andrews host the drag show, mm. and I was laughing so hard, and at the same time, I was so jealous because it was so quick-witted and funny yeah. and absurd and hilarious, and I was, I was like, oh, man, and that is good. And those are the good. people
2: who raised me in this crazy local drag environment. What does that mean to ha- have someone raise you? Yeah, what does so, it mean
1: to have, like, a daughter... Or mother, mother, all
2: those what is that? gigs and gags. So basically, <laughs> in to quote uh, the great RuPaul Charles, uh-huh. as gay people, we get to choose our families. Really and it's sure? true, mm-hmm. it's 100% true. As queer people, we get to choose our families. As disenfranchised people, we get to choose our families. Sometimes not all of us come from a background of 100% support, so it's crucial that the people that you closely identify with, those are your chosen family. I would consider Emma a part of like my chosen family yeah. because that's people that I found going through my tribe as I was um, coming into my own and I was coming out years ago. And in the drag world, it's a little bit more intricate and a little bit more special because that's where you have like the mother roles and the daughter roles and oh, she's my aunt or she's my mm-hmm. thea. And I personally, Miss Frankenstein, I kind of just jumped into it as like a business effort that it was gonna be a hobby, and I was like, no, I'll just do it once in a while, make a little queen. Girl. She uh-huh. didn't think that it was gonna be on her dual path of things that she's- Took over. Yes, like everything. everything, yeah. And I didn't necessarily have like a drag mother, I didn't have like a last name. And I remember whenever all of us were this like group of baby queens that we all started at the same time. Mm-hmm. It was like me, Isis Paris York, Madame Hysteria, Paris Daniels, Gemini Brooks, all, all those, rising stars at the time that are now full-fledged yeah. entertainers, we were all like this group of people that were on the rise at the same time. Shout out to my sisters. Uh-huh. And that's the thing is that not all of us got, like, a mom. Not all of us got somebody that was like, tú mi hija, you're my daughter. Well, it's also and
1: different, too. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, but no, no, it's totally. also different because it's like, we have social media. That generation has social media. Yeah. So, it's like, you don't need a mother. No. Because you can learn on your phone kind of not only that that but magic though
2: i didn't okay so i didn't get a mother and it wasn't anything personal it wasn't anything like that it was because at the time i wasn't doing it i wasn't a full-fledged like in it to win it kind of queen because the way that you work your way up the little social ladder of drag as it currently stands is normally not exclusively you do talent nights somebody sees you notices you You make good with one of the other queens. They're gonna help you out. You're gonna be their daughter. You're gonna take that last name. And it's going to be um, up to you how you continue to kind of like carry that legacy up. And that's when it comes into play that you start doing more talent shows. You get into a newcomer pageant um, and then you start getting gigged and you start getting bookings and then you start working your way up. And then over time you become a full on entertainer where you're just noticed by your community and for me I kind of took a completely different approach I took a holistic approach
1: right a green alternative
2: (laughs) and I essential oils doTERRA not sponsored (laughs) I um I took the approach of thinking like Miss Liza Minnelli said when you find somebody, <laughs> me and all my quotes. I know. I, I like, live, God, by, qu- I live by quotes. Liza Minnelli Liza quote Liza out Melly. of nowhere. Yeah. Right, go ahead. I want to hear the quote. The, A quick, 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 quick tidbit about the whole quotes thing. When I was in high school, my theater teacher, shout out to Miss West Nixon, who ha- saved my life growing up because she saw me when nobody else did. And she said and told me, I know you're different. When you get older, you'll be fine. I just need you to stick it out for a little while. Oof. Deep. Every single day that we walked into that classroom, she gave me a safe space, and she gave me a queer environment that I could be myself for 45 minutes to an hour. Every single day. And what class was this? This was theater. Oh, I thought it was history. And girl, it was at the <laughs> end of the day. It was uh, economics. Uh-huh, it was queer history uh-huh. <laughs> 101. <laughs> I remember every single day, we were required to open up a journal, and she would have a quote on the board. And it would be the most fascinating queer people ever. And you would just write it out. And I remember one day there was a Dorian Corey quote. I'll never forget it. (gasps) No Yes, and I remember thinking, like, when I saw Paris is burning for the first time years later, I was like, (gasps) Miss Nixon put this down one day.
1: Mm -hmm. Her mind. Her mind. (laughs) She was
0: ahead of the game. She was ahead of the
2: curve, honey. She was the queer propaganda all over the place. Yes.
0: What about Liza Minnelli quote? What was it?
2: With Miss Liza, I remember this quote being on there, too. We would have to write quotes every single day, and you had to write what it meant to you. And the one from Liza said, when you are, when you find somebody in life that is good at things, that is greater than you, don't make enemies with them, make them your best friend because they'll teach you everything they know. So I looked at it from the standpoint of, okay, I don't have a drag mother, but if I solicit criticism and I solicit advice and I make good and make genuine friends with all of the people in this community that are elders of mine, that are older than me, that have seen shit, been through things, done things, Maybe everything that they know will rub up on me, and in turn, I'll be able to, not have the validation of everybody around me, but we'll be on the same vibration.
1: And it's like respectful. Like they built the yeah. runway for your catwalk, so they
2: walk so that I could run. Yeah. Period. I so give. So you can run in
1: those pleasers. Yes. Boots. That I has. give my
2: full <laughs> like career, and I have to thank God first because only they got me to where I am today. But for him. Her, they, them to put Katana Sanchez in my place, yes, Brittany Andrews in my place, Emma in my place. Who's not even an entertainer, but introduced me to all these people within the queer scene: um, Honey Andrews, mm-hmm. Desiree, Layla, Anastasia, Alana, Aaron Davis. All these people that are like my drag ants mm-hmm. in one way or another. Yeah, that they gave me little bits of advice at every gig, even if it was something as small of a gesture as, "Miha, let me fix this real quick." Uh-huh. This little bobby pin, or you got lipstick on your feet. Uh-huh. Or something. I'm,
1: I was like, "Wait a second, do it's, I?" It's liquid amount. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wait, to, is my bobby pin But to up?
2: not, but to not like, knock me down, or not be like, "Oh, she's a weirdo with white contacts and black lipstick and eyebrows." Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the easy way out to do things, and they really lifted me up.
0: So, if you got uh, all these people guiding you yeah. and showing you the path, like, where did the actual inspiration for Frankie Stein? come from was it an is it everybody's mixed up idea into one or was that a creative process from within what
1: influences yeah. came together to create you Who
2: well that was you? that was me that was like All hundred, you. that was 100% me because where the advice and the secondary third party advice came from right. was from having no knowledge of how the business worked and how bookings worked and how gigs worked okay. and how yeah I was in theater and I knew how to work a stage but how do I work this stage? How do I work this stage? How do I uh, navigate through the differences of performing at a nightclub versus a bar? Right. Very, very, very small, intricate things that I seem to find very important. And when it came to the aesthetic of finding, oh, well, what is Frankenstein gonna be like? Emma called me out a while ago. It used to be Lady Danger. And that was literally a name that I had came up with named partly after a lipstick for MAC, because mm-hmm. I was fresh off of working for MAC Cosmetics. Shout out to them. And the other part was from Lady Gaga. And Lady Gaga has always been a huge muse of inspiration with anything that's like queer artistry adjacent for me. Mm-hmm. And it was never that I wanted to go out and be a Gaga impersonator. I just wanted to have that confidence. And I always remember this one image of her in her concert at Madison Square Garden where she's standing there and she's wearing a latex PVC bathing suit and she's wearing fishnets and these like thigh high Giuseppe Zanotti boots. Full laced up, all the way gigged out with the lace front. And I remember thinking that's how I wanna feel when I'm on stage. And when I got cast in the Rocky Horror show at Aurora Arts. Oh yeah. That was the first taste I ever got of that moment and feeling like that. And I remember thinking, how could I Extend this without doing the same show every year because it only came like once a year, right? And How was can I make this forever? Yes, and th- I, I think another subconscious influence was the fact that that show is very like Dark humored. It's very like edgy. It's very gothy contemporary very like Victoria Renaissance meets pop culture, right and Rocky Horror is also another huge vessel into people finding themselves it was it certainly was for me, mm-hmm. and getting to play riff raff one year and then Frankenfurter the next year, that embodiment of being Frankenfurter. I just remember always having that connotation with that character and then my name, and then always wanting to carry it over into a namesake. And then I remember thinking I was like, well, Lady Danger will be fine because it was just going to be this one little lip sync ba- lip sync battle contest that I ended up winning.
1: Was it at Sanctuary? It I was, think it was It there. was at Sanctuary. Mm-hmm.
2: It was. And I remember it was Jaden Daniels, shout out to Jaden, Lip Sync Battle. And he only had a minute and 20 seconds to perform. And girl, she went all out. I was like, this is the only time I'm ever going to do drag. Like, I'm going to make a full ass mix. So I made like this (laughs) whole mix. Yeah, no, imagine me doing the most, a minute and 20 second mix. I literally managed to get a monologue of Lady Gaga's The Countess, her American Horror Story. Okay. And then part of the song Aura from Art Pop. And then Teeth is how we ended it out. And I won, and I felt so kind of like crappy because I was only there doing it because my friend wanted the money and wanted to win the contest. Yes. And you stole and I, all the money. And, and I painted them, and I I did them up, and they were so like excited. They're like, I'm finally gonna do drag. And then uh-huh. they're like, will you do it with me? And I was like, ooh. Are you sure? I was like, I, uh-huh. mm, I don't know. It's so so for you me. won,
0: took all the money, and then got everybody Whataburger afterwards, right? right? Did you at least that's, get them? Did like, that you at least get them? Or? Or? Oh my, she, g-
2: Frank, your face tells me that you just took that money and
0: <laughs>
3: ran. Damn, oh my. God.
2: $50 is a lot of money. And <laughs> back then, she was a broke ass queen. She had bills to pay. Right. Emma knows. My phone used to be off back in the day a I lot. I remember that.
1: It's not? It's still on?
2: Honey, it's been on for like <laughs> years now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. so count. that it's was. It's a go phone. That was like a big accomplishment at the time. Yeah.
2: And so, it was like a huge, it was this huge thing that I felt a sense of like, okay, maybe I do belong in this environment. Maybe I do belong in this scene.
0: So can you tell me what the, the Frankie Stein aesthetic is? Because I know your journey, right? I wanna know what is what do you what is that? What do you look like? What is the what is the point?
2: I've always liked the saying from Rocky Horror, unconventional conventionalists, and that's how I see myself as a drag entertainer. Okay. Is it's like I was explaining to somebody the other day because they're like, what's your vibe? And I'm like Nineteen nineties big hair Big makeup, big boobs, snatched waist, big ass, big thighs, silhouette, big, 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 big big <laughs> hair.
1: Memory foam the house. Yeah, memory
2: foam the house. Uh this sponsored is like by Certa. Uh-huh. And <laughs> combining that with just a little bit of vamp. A little bit of So it. like share. Uh,
0: yeah, Elvira. like Share Dark Lady, <laughs> like, like Elvira uh-huh.
2: Raven from uh from the drag scene. Um mm-hmm. That's so Raven? Raven? No. no. Oh. Sorry. Or about no, no, like, no, no, no. <laughs> <Mm-mm>, Nope. <laughs> no. No, this is uh, Raven from RuPaul's Drag Race. Season two. Season two. All-star season one. Uh-huh. And now currently the, the makeup artist for Ms. RuPaul Charles. But I like the idea of like that ice bitch look. Uh-huh. And I think the white contacts and the black lip became such a signature. But... The reasoning behind it is so technical, and when people see me, they're always like, oh, "It looks so scary! Oh my god, are you, are you gothic?" And I'm like, "Are you gothic?" I'm like, "No, no, Thea. the and I will say it here because <laughs> I've never said it out loud before, okay. for the record, the reason why she wears white contacts and a red and a black lip is because, or a dark lip, mm-hmm. is because those white contacts can be seen from the back row. You cannot see a mouth moving in a nude lip." That's a great on stage. Point. It's to be seen, it's to be noticed because the first and most important rule of theater is if I can't see you, if I can't hear you, if I can't feel you, you've lost me.
0: What's the point? Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: you're not there. You're wasting
2: your time. And that's the thing is that the show for me, the production for me, all the effort and the three hours that it takes to get ready to be on there for five minutes is not worth it if you're only giving a show to the first row. Right. I'm that's trying to get to the girl everybody. who just got here late.
1: She's trying to get to me in the parking lot. I'm trying to get to Emma in the parking lot. I'm like running in. I'm late.
2: She's like refilling her jewel pod and she's like, I gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's the thing is that I'm trying to hit like the back row. Yeah. I'm trying to hit it way in the back. And some people accomplish that with like a big makeup. Mm -hmm. And then I find subtleties to be a little bit more, a little bit less aggressive.
0: Well, I think that we had a show that we did at the Ritz Theater um, we had an Oddities and <gasps> Curiosities show. show. The local swamp During show. The local spooky Emma, season. Uh-huh. And Emma put that on. And you came out and you did a performance. And what was your character that night?
2: So I think the thing about being Frankenstein is that it gives you the ability to kind of like animorph. Mm-hmm. You remember those books? You like flip them around. Oh and yeah, I don't know. Animorphs. Animorphs slowly, <laughs> slowly turn into an animal. I saw that on Reddit one time. I
1: wasn't. I never read as a kid. I just put on lip gloss. I would
2: just put on lip gloss, <laughs> read Captain Underpants, and goosebumps, and call it a day. I would play my Tamagotchi, but it was always clear lip gloss, no glitter. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have that. No. But I, I like the idea of being adapt to being adaptable to environment. That so would really,
0: so that to me like a chameleon. It was like a almost like a witch look.
2: I was giving like fortune teller. Yes, like um, La Llorona. Right. That yeah. was like the vibe. But again, read the room. My mom always used to tell me. She still tells me to this day. Know your audience. Know your environment. Oh my god.
1: Me and Frank, uh, privately, you talk about this all the time. You have to know your audience. So whether yeah. you're doing a weird, yeah. corpus, family friendly event or you're doing th- the swamp witch side show or you're doing a Valentine's Day pageant. A Valentine's Day pageant, like you have to adjust and adapt yeah. and you have to know who's going to be there. L- like who's putting on the show? What is their audience like? What's the venue? Yeah, totally.
2: And different. I've always loved the idea as time has progressed on in being an entertainer of having this kind of like air about me of I know what she's going to give me, but I don't know what, what I don't know what I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like okay, I know that she's gonna give me top tier. Mm-hmm. I know that she's gonna give me, because what I'm known for more than anything, I'm not a dancing diva. I am not a death dropper. I am not, I don't do stunts and tricks and things like that, acrobatics. I wish I could, but. You got bad knees. Yeah, I got I got, <laughs> I got. got crunchy knees, girl. It sounds like somebody's chewing ice whenever I bend down.
0: But the sonic ice, that good ice. Yes, that
2: powdery ice. <laughs> but the thing is, is that for me, it's always been about the performance, the theatricality, the drama. So I like to tell a story.
0: Well, that story is going to have to hold on for just a moment. So we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be back with more Weird Corpus podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back with Frankie Stein. Don't
1: go anywhere. That's right. Be sure to check out www.rightoncorpus.com.
0: They got all the latest news on all the happenings right here in Corpus Christi on all the coolest things. Rightoncorpus.com.
1: welcome back everybody to the weird corpus podcast johnny and i are here with frankie stein
0: i love you frankie stein I love more, i'm love you, Johnny. i your biggest fan oh oh oh, oh is that that's cool. no it, that's great
1: uh-huh yeah oh, okay. no it's fine it's fine
2: so you think <laughs> you're the biggest fan <laughs> is Actually, that what this I, is I'm all, i should have a trivia instead of trivia questions see who knows me the best but uh-huh we're no not we're not go gonna there. do that today not
1: today. But, okay, so we talked about some of your accomplishments, like very, very briefly. The in journey. And stuff early from your drag career. But I know that you've accomplished so much since then. I want to get into it. So I want to talk about, like, Miss Corpus Christi, sweetheart, you playing with pageants. Yeah. And all she the way dabbled. Uh-huh, she dabbled in the pageant world, but you also currently won a national influencer campaign yes, for Smashbox Cosmetics.
2: So to kind of, we'll build up to that one. Okay. Um, to go back in time maybe about two years ago, mm-hmm. um, I had already been doing drag for about off and on a year and a half and my drag birthday is on halloween no surprise Uh and halloween 2018 is actually my drag birthday now the gag is is that lady danger her birthday is like two weeks before halloween but she only made it for like one gig (laughs) because after that i remember going to a show and being like oh i think i want to change my name can i do that do i have to like fill out paperwork like what do i do (laughs) and they're like uh no again me not knowing shit about the drag world I was like, how do I change my name? And they're like, just tell the DJ what you want to start going by. Yeah. And I was like, it's easy. That's easy. I, I thought like, I had oh, to yeah. go file some paperwork. I thought I got to go to the, the DMV House. and yeah. Yeah. everything. And uh, they're like, well, what's your new name? And I was like, uh, I think I want to go by Frankie Stein because my name's Frank. <laughs> they're like, they're
0: like, clever. they're like Frankenstein.
2: Uh-huh. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Which I get <laughs> called all the time. Frankenstein? And I get called all the time. They're you then. But they're some hating. people, some people just say it like because they read the name too fast. Especially like my Instagram, it's the underscore Frankenstein, mm-hmm. and it's all one word, so they'll read it and they'll be like the Frankenstein, because they're not thinking. There's no n in there. It's usually not people that know me. Oh, it's people that are – it's like you comment like on a live or something like that. Yeah, they're like shout out to the, at the Frankenstein, the Frankenstein. And I'm like,
1: oh god,
3: uh, <gasps> triggered. <Okay. laughs> but
2: I'm, uh I don't mind. Um, I got my name changed and then a week and a half later I had like a little Thursday night gig before the Saturday night gig and I tested the waters and I was a hot crunchy mess wearing demi wispy lashes Aww. with this full beat. A freak. <laughs> what is
0: I uh, for catch those me up. for those
2: of y'all who don't know what a demi wispy lash is, it is a very, very small, dainty eyelash that you can get at h-e-b
1: <laughs> it's like getting a row of your bottom lashes like on a very clear band yeah yeah it's like the equivalent f- of that it's it just f- adds it's for volume. the ones who
2: like just a dot not a lot yeah it's something subtle and uh there i was with my demi wispy lashes and i was mm-hmm. like oh my god i'm so lovely i'm so sickening with like two inch liner lip syncing mm. for my life and then uh a few days later, it was the full time gig and it was at um, Sanctuary Nightclub and Lounge. And mm-hmm. it was on Halloween. And I remember the very first night I went in thinking, oh my God, like this is it. Like I, I'm finally a drag queen. And I wore this plastic synthetic Nicki Minaj pink hair. I remember. Yeah, this plastic <laughs> Nicki Minaj pink hair with a clown costume from Spirit Halloween I remember that was it. all cut <laughs> up and tied up. And then I wasn't cinched, I didn't have any padding because I didn't know how to do padding. And I was too terca to wear heels. You cannot tell me I was gonna wear heels because I was an edgy queen. Did she
1: wear a sensible kitten heel? No
2: honey, she wore a sensible Doc Martin. Oh. oh. With <laughs> black leggings from Walmart because I couldn't find Nude leggings. Uh-huh. I couldn't find anything that was, like, of that nature.
0: So you look like the girl from Daria, like the best friend. Pretty much. Jane. And it was, <laughs> I was very
2: – it wasn't crunchy because, like, everybody always tells me, they're like, oh, but your makeup was sickening, this, that, and the other. Your performance was great, but the fact of the matter was was that the outfit just did not match what was going on. Mm-hmm. This was me. Oh, and, I see. Yeah, and I looked like a really sad version of, like, pheromone. Oh <laughs> because I was just like I, I had like this weird like eyelash underneath and it mm-hmm. was like a black lip, a huge dot of highlighter on my nose, and like that was like the nicest my brows had ever looked. And so I was like, okay, I'm I'm just gonna go out like this. And I remember nobody recognized me. And I'm feeling like oh the power. Like nobody uh-huh. recognized me. Like I'm <laughs> so I'm so transformed. But flash forward into like a year and a half of doing that kind of like haphazardly turned into, you should do a pageant, because they'll start taking you more serious. And I was like, mm, I don't know if that's me though. And they're like, well just try it. You could be the first, you could be a, round, a boundary breaker. Right. You never had a girl like you do it.
0: What's a pageant? What's that?
2: A drag pageant is the equivalent of like a beauty pageant, like a Miss America mm-hmm. pageant, like RuPaul's Drag Race, like Dragula, those are all equivalents of pageantry. Mm-hmm. And it's strategic, um, challenges and categories that you put your best foot forth. Hopefully, you spend a good amount of time, effort, money, uh, gather sponsorships, things like that. Have Ad your helpers. duties help you out. Mm-hmm. Yep, have somebody help you get dressed back there. And it's kind of like you're presenting the most prestigious and regal version of yourself for the public eye okay. of your queer community. Mm-hmm. And in turn, being able to win a title then forth puts you into a position of representation through your community that you're known for something. Whether your title be Miss Gay US of A, Miss Sweetheart, Miss um, Corpus
1: Christi Latina. Miss Corpus Christi
2: Latina. All of these different pageants have a different mantra or a different um, form of respect that they're given over time. Each of them also hold a different level of competition that you can eventually move on to this particular pageant that I was in was on a local level, it was for a bar title. And it was Miss Carver's Christi Sweetheart. And I had been like in and out, in and out, deciding I was gonna do it, no, I don't want to. Yes, no, yes, no. And then finally, after weeks of keeping Miss Brittany Andrews on her toes, I finally said, I'll do it. I'm all in. Because my mindset has always been from then to now, if I do something, I'm all in. Like, I'm here to win. Yeah. I'm very competitive. My close people, no. I don't play when it comes to competition.
0: You're going to go all out. Oh,
2: yes. I will go balls to the wall. And I will use every trick, resource that I have in the bag to win fair and square, to show the girls what's up, and to, if I'm going to come, I'm going to come hard. So it's like, bitches beware. And I'm a very nice person by nature. Uh-huh. I'm a ve- I am feel like I am, in turn, like, sweetheart for life. I feel like I am a very docile person, I feel like I'm a very nice person, kind person, but when it comes to competition, honey, I'm not there to mess around. We're here to win. Yeah, we're not, I'm not here wasting to play. Time. No, I'm not here to play games. Wow. Yeah. And I'm not here to play the game either. I will follow the rules and win just as hard. And I, I don't think that a lot of people realize that you can win a pageant like that. You can be fair and square, and sometimes it is the most talented person will take it home. And in this particular... You know, situation of doing Miss Sweetheart, I was able to showcase myself front and center with a dramatic um, performance interpretation. I was doing a tribute to Miss Erica Andrews, rest in peace, and it was a Joan Crawford. Um, oh my gosh, who's the one who sings the song? It was Joan Crawford and uh, Shirley Bassey, mm-hmm. and it was "This Is My Life." And it was all chopped and cut and split. It was chopped and screwed. <laughs> to nice. the, uh-huh. It was chopped and screwed to the monologue stylings of Faye Dunaway in Mommy Dearest, where she's in the boardroom scene. Which, to those of you at home, that's how I feel right now. I feel like Miss Joan Crawford in uh-huh. the Pepsi <laughs> uh-huh. boardroom with this long table, and I'm like, don't fuck with me, fellas. <laughs> but I think that- um, Did you just tongue clack at us? It's my uh, my tongue is wooden, so when it hits that's my teeth, so, it It was cracks. so loud. Uh-huh. Um, I definitely think that that pageant helped me become very well-rounded.
0: That was the learning curve. Right that was there. the learning curve. That right was there. throwing was, in the deep end it of the was,
2: pool. It was kind of like tossing all of your ego and what you think or thought you know out the window and trusting the betterment knowledge of others to help form you and shape you into the best version of you without having to compromise your aesthetic. Because I'm still me, and I was still me throughout the entire process. I was a refined version of myself, and I finally arrived into a place where, not that I don't need that help anymore. We can all learn on a daily basis, but that I don't need some. I don't need the training wheels no more. I paid my dues in that sense. Now mm-hmm. it's time to pay my dues into my next journey. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I see it. Is it was like Drag Queen 101, and I loved every second of it. I'm not gonna sit here and say it wasn't hard. I'll never forget the first, the first date of a sweetheart. I was in the dressing room crying to Katana and being like, I can't do this. I don't think this was for me. Like I made a mistake. She's like, girl, you better get it together. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, everybody's <laughs> counting on you. But I remember telling her and Nathan Paris, like, I don't think this is for me. This is too much. When they read me the calendar of all the dates that I was gonna have to do things and appear places and I was gonna have to have this kind of performance and i was gonna have to do this and it was almost like i didn't realize they weren't asking me to do anything other than just be myself i was giving myself all the unnecessary pressure because i was looking at from a standpoint of that performance was so iconic the next one has to be 10 times better Mm. and it doesn't it just has to be as good as the last one you did don't and let want see wanna, slip though Right?
0: Yeah. you want to s- maintain that level yes
2: and I think the follow up performance that I had for that one was during Miss Latina as a special guest that was my La Llorona performance oh that was so much fun because that's where I really was able to like tell a story and that's where um, the inspiration led into the next performance after that which was for the Weird Corpus mm-hmm. because I don't do those like where it's like a full on theater production I don't do those every single time That's for special occasions, because that's the the trick to being an entertainer, is that you have to have your go-tos that you just pull out of the bag, and you're like, girl, this is the standard. I'm going to go out here, and I'm going to give it to the kids, because they're not expecting the most. Mm -hmm. But when you have a stage, and it's like a big stage, and they want you to show up and show out, girl, you better give them a a play, a musical, a production, something.
0: Well, when you did the Weird Corpus show... That was definitely one of those moments. That was so... So that was the first time that I had seen you do that, I guess, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, Frankie Stein is killing it!" There were little kids there crying that were scared Shook. and crying, uh-huh. at traumatized. The witch. And then, and then everybody was, and then I saw people's like the look of wonderment in their eyes, and like, "Oh my gosh, this is a pro- full-on production in an abandoned theater." <gasps> the vibe. Yeah. You know so what I mean? that was a, that was the
1: Swamp Witch sideshow, but yeah. you also did the weird corpus launch party and you had all the bajel
2: yeah Yeah. that was and that was right before we got to coronavirus which was which was for me where if because i came to this really 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 scary pivotal point that i had to decide am i gonna just stop drag right here and then eventually in a year two years however long it is pick up right where i left off or am i gonna allow this to limit my creativity and am I gonna just stay stuck in this spot or am I gonna move and change my trajectory? And I had to, because I was going crazy. Girl, after two weeks of no makeup and no wig, I was like, oh my God, I'm done forever. And then I was like, no. he's gonna
3: remember me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I
2: was like, they're gonna hate me after this. But that launch party. Show. Iconic.
1: Iconic moment was when um, you got all those dollar bills like
2: Miss Bad Romance she pulled that one uh-huh. out of the bag and she said let it me was, feed the kids to close out the show it was
1: literally raining money
2: these girl, can I talk about what that was yeah yeah oh, okay. I mean if you want well sh- so the story goes um, the legend the legend of the hidden temple <laughs> 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 the legend this, it's like uh, the Midnight Society from uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark it's like the mm-hmm. tale of the $100 bills <laughs> uh, $101 bills I had yet to have a moment in my career that I got the honor of having a money toss. And I'll never forget, I saw Alana Davis do it one time at Sanctuary, and she just had like a rack of bills in her hand, and she effortlessly just like laid across the stage and went and it just rained money everywhere. And I remember my jaw was on the floor, and I was like, one day I'm gonna get to do that. And it never happened, for like two years. (laughs) (laughs) And then, unsuspectingly enough, We're here at this show. It's time to close out the show. Yeah. Emma had given me that closing spot, which I was so thankful for, because I love to close out a show. Uh Uh-huh. And I was there in my sequin blazer, my little cami top. My (laughs) (laughs) my little (laughs) guitar. She has stepped up her costume since coronavirus, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, Um, It's fine. My little gray shake-and-go cramp. Uh-huh. that's been retired since I've gifted it to another queen. Yes. Uh-huh. And also um, my thigh-high pleasers, which are like, that's every drag queen's go-to. It's yeah. a, a thigh-high patent ple- a patent leather pleaser. And I'm doing Bad Romance, and it's a crowd of like how many people?
1: Oh, a lot. How many? It was it a, a, a fat crowd.
2: Fifty people there? It was like, we'll say 200. Okay.
0: Roughly. I think it was low. 150 is like the low end. It was yeah. up there.
1: It, it was, fluctuated all night. And everybody
2: was so like already like, hyped from the evening that everybody kind of like cultivated together and like gathered not just on the dance floor but also like going up into the staircase
3: everybody wanted to see coming
2: down that's the thing is that i was like oh i'm gonna have time to like have the show i'll come down the staircase when i get to the bottom they'll start the music whatever no honey i was starting the show like upstairs the little and then came down and it was like by the time i got to the. Bottom of the staircase. I already had a wad of money in my hand, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be sickening." I uh-huh. was <laughs> like, "Bitch, I am you so ready You already knew. For this. I was like, "Ooh, I gotta, I gotta give it to them right now, cause they came for a show, mama, and uh-huh. I can't, I can't just be giving them watermelon cantaloupe. Like, this is bad <laughs> romance. I gotta give them Super Bowl, bitch. Like, I gotta turn it out." <laughs> and I remember I got downstairs, and I just kind of like, not blanked out, but I just got lost in it. And those are the moments that I live for with drag when you kind of like black out in the best way possible. Cause you get so lost in I've it. Been there. your heart is racing and you're just like, you're just, excuse my language, you're just fucking doing it. And it's like you get lost in the magic of being on stage. It's not about having that wad of money in your hand. It's not about having people admiring you. It's about having the whole room by the balls and making sure that every person that's in there loses touch with their crappy reality for a second.
0: Oh, you, you have no idea. When that money went in the air, the room was a riot. It and that's the riot. thing is that
2: I, I'm i doing my number. I already had like a fair amount of cash in my hand. And I was like, okay, I need to put this somewhere. And then all of a sudden, these four ladies are straight ahead of me. Each of them are holding up a thing of like a wad of bills. And I was like, girl. I was like, I thought i thought right there. I, I thought be right there. <laughs> I gotta go. I really gotta so go. So I just went and just sh- shimmied on over. And then each of them were like, here, this is for you. I was Whoa. like, "Oh my God!" I was like, "A blessing" because I need to pay my phone bill. I was like, "Wow! Look at God!" Cricket Wireless, T-Mobile—they <laughs> never stop working for you. <laughs> and I, I just—I was like, "Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you." And then I went, and it was like already at like the climax of the song, and I was like, "Girl, let's throw this money." And I just remember looking at Emma and Emma's yes. like, oh, this is going pop up. I was like, oh my God. And she just, it was the, it's that part of the bridge where she's like, watch out, that romance, boom. And I remember I just threw the money in the air. Yeah. I didn't even know how much it was going to be. And when I saw it, I was like, oh. Oh my god! And the entire BeyJoel was just like, wow!
0: It was insane. I had to watch the video replay from that. Somebody snapped it.
1: I think it was Kylie Cooper. Oh, she,
0: she snapped got, like, it and sent it. Video. And Shout out to Kylie. the crowd, the camera is shaking. The crowd is going wild, and I was like, <laughs> oh my! I just gosh. remember
2: looking at Emma and Katana and seeing them like freak out and I was like oh my good god this I, was amazing
0: I've known you for a few years and I think that was the moment for me where I got it yeah it clicked in my head
2: that's where it clicked for me girl really? that's where I finally felt like me and Emma have always had this terminology that we've had from other people of this sense of arrival right where you've arrived where you're you're here at the party you're doing the damn thing you're to be only taken seriously from here on out you're, you've earned the respect that you will be given for Thon. That it's not anything of like you walk around acting like your shit don't stink or you walk around acting like you're higher than other people. But I've, I felt like in that moment that I arrived.
0: Yeah. Well, we want to have a little bit of fun now. So that night was super fun, and we have a little game now that we're going to play with Frankie Stein. Emma, tell us what this game is.
1: Um, This game is called queer Shenary with Johnny.
0: <laughs> yes! Welcome, oh everybody.
1: Insert game show music here.
0: So, what we're going to do is <laughs> oh, I'm going to go through a list of terms used in the LGBTQIA uh, plus community. And we're going to go, and you got to tell me. The definition because honestly i don't know
1: can i play two or no
0: well Girl, yes
2: you're the <laughs> Judy. what do you mean that's probably a word in there
0: i just need somebody to explain the meaning of these terms because emma's shouting them at the tv when i'm working during the day uh-huh, and i'm like I what is I'm going sorry. on over there and i don't know what they mean and i don't know if our audience will know what these terms mean so please all right we're going to start off with number 1, are you ready to play the game? I was born ready, bitch. All right. We need <laughs> the meanings behind the following term. The house down boots. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> already house starting down. already starting very strong.
2: Is this a good starting point? Is this is a jump off. Well, the thing is is that that can even be broken down into like levels of severity, much like a lot of like, <laughs> Wait, cunning right. linguistics that are gay lexicon and in terminology. But <laughs> I will say that there is like the house down what and is then that? the house down boots is oh. like the plus plus version. We that's still like have the that's like the sour cream and Baked extra potato. that's yeah. added on there. Yeah. Okay. For no additional charge. All right. It's just well extra. that's nice of them. Uh the house down boots is kind of like a signifier of It was so full circle, it was complete, it was everything. It was absolute, absolute. it was flawless, it was perfect. It was just like, and it can be, the great thing about gay language, queer language, is that it can be personified into absolutely anything. It can be genderless, it can be uh, a noun, person, place, and or thing. It could be anything. Anything could have those references thrown on there. So like, for example, we partook in some Whataburger Yes. Earlier before this podcast, very true. Mm-hmm. Ask me, Frankie. How was your burger, Frankie? How was the burger? My just the burger was flawless. The house down boots. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My water burger was the house down. It was like everything. It was so good. The house
0: was- down. Does that? I guess it stems from. Brought the house down, or like bringing the house, like down. bringing down the house, like bringing down the house. I feel
1: like it could, it could possibly have its roots in like a like ninety percent of queer culture yes. uh, in ballroom. Yes, to because have a the house, house to be a part of a house. Yes, it's a group of people. It's your chosen family and entertainers.
2: There's also little subcategories of like all these words. So like for me, I don't. I very rarely say in my everyday talk the house down or the house down boots. I'll say down all the time. And we know what it means. Yes, and I'm like, town. Yeah. And that's like the quick way of saying all that other but stuff. But what's boots Or just then? boots. It's what just is like...
0: boots? <laughs> what is boots? Why boots?
2: Um, I'm wondering. And boots can be like, it's just like an explanation like of agreement. What? And it, it might be so far-fetched <laughs> because it has nothing to do with like a physical pair of boots. But it's just like, I me and Emma being like, ooh, you know what sounds good? de vieja. Boots. Boots, bitch, period. <laughs> So it's like it's I, the equivalent of how we say like period. Or it's yeah. like
1: boobitch.
2: Like end of it all. Right yeah. there. Like that's
0: it. That's yes, it. It is. Let's go on to the next term. The next term is fish. <laughs> and what does it mean to serve tilapia on a platter?
2: So fish is a semi-controversial, semi-controversial term. Okay. Um, a lot of the times it's and this is also like another older word that's used in the essence of signifying that somebody is extremely passively feminine and it's a little
0: bit possibly
1: in like quotation we don't really passably, use that word. meaning
0: that society is gonna recognize that person as a female it's what does that mean so
1: to passively is and I'm doing like the air quotes yes. it's like um, something the queer community doesn't really like to use because it's like
2: it's an outdated term because as as we stand in the world of today of 2020 that we are now making waves and strides of people being gender non-conforming non-binary and finding their spectrum and finding who they are in their place of not having to stick to any kind of a stigma and or status it's kind of a term that's kind of just very outdated because fishy is supposed to mean, like, oh, you don't even look like a boy. Or you don't even look like, you look so much like a girl. I would never know that you were male.
1: That's when you get the air quotes, like, real girl. Yes, and but that's But, you know, thing. but with fish, I I cannot speak on behalf of the trans community. But I feel like, or, you know, the gay community as a whole. But I feel like I see it so much. And even, like, it's kind of, like, trailed off into, like, some cis culture. Yes. In the same way it's like, and I, oop, or, like, yeah. all of that stuff.
2: For myself, the way I use it in my everyday terminology, the way we say it is like if I'm talking to somebody and um, they're doing something that's very grand or very grandeur, very elegant or very like high fashion or anything like that, I'll just say like fish. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like it's just like, it's not not in any kind of way supposed to be labeling down in any kind of gendering standpoint. I I don't know. Correct. Correct
1: it's, me if I'm wrong, but it's not really used that way anymore, is it? No. Fish is not no. used that way. But it's when more they say fishy queen,
2: it used to be a term that was used on things like RuPaul's drag race mm-hmm. for mainstream people to be like, Oh, a fishy queen is somebody who is a drag queen that is so feminine that they look like a cisgendered woman. Oh, and we no longer use those terms anymore because really? it's just not it's just not the team.
0: So now there seems to be like a reclamation of the word and, and used in other ways now. Yes. Right? So owning it, owning the negative term once again, bringing it back within the yes. culture, and then redirecting it towards something fun and positive. Yes. That's interesting. I like that. Okay. All right. Mask for mask. <laughs> Honey, we only <laughs> do, <laughs> word. We only do <laughs> mask
2: for mascara in this house, Johnny. <laughs> what is mask for mask? Mask for mask is a term that is used on dating apps and dating websites and websites of a suggestive nature <laughs> <laughs> that it is a masculine gentleman in search of another masculine presenting gentleman. Oh yeah. So it, it's like a masked. it's like a dude looking for another dude dude.
1: Bros. just two bros just hanging
2: two out. Dude, just two bros just just two dudes. out. Hanging <laughs> out.
0: Let's go to Waterburger after this. <laughs> yeah, Russell. <laughs>
2: They're looking
0: for sex. Our producer Russell's like, no, I want the water burger. We, we yeah. both, and it's, yeah.
2: and it's usually like justified with like specifics. There's no vagueness. It'll be like mask top looking for mask bottom, or mask top looking for.
1: I feel like top and bottom is something that we can probably get. We can have a whole episode on like Oh,
2: Girl.
0: All right, well we'll jump to the next one then because that one made sense to me. Uh, the <laughs> difference Just <gross>. to me, <laughs> that, that one is yeah. The difference between. Kiki
2: and Kai Kai. Kai. Kai Kai. (laughs) Oh, girl! How did you know I was gonna say that? Because cancer season just finished, but my intuition is forever. (laughs) I think that also. Shout out to all my cancers that are out there. We just had a great, great great month.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And all my my Scorpio
2: risings were very. We're going through it right now, but I think that um, the difference between Kiki and Kai Kai, we are having a Kiki right now. Okay, what does that mean? A Kiki is. A party for calming all your nerves. <laughs> a what? <laughs> From Sister Sisters. Let's have a kiki. Um, a kiki is basically like when you get together with your friends and you have, as you straight people would call it, a kickback. Okay. Or a hangout. Yeah,
0: I know what those are.
2: <laughs> we have a kiki. It's a little bit more festive. So it's just it's just uh, people. I don't even think you have to be queer to have a kiki. No, I don't think so either. No, because we're having one right now. Yeah. It's a kiki. Um, fun. You, it's just like you're having like a hangout. You're just spilling tea. You're talking shit. You're just having a good time. You're may or may not be eating. May or may not be participating in recreational medications. Okay, I was like watching yeah. a movie. Yeah, watching and a you're movie. Like, uh, recreational. Uh huh. You may <laughs> or may not be passing a piece of pipe, girl. I don't know, but a kiki nonetheless. Now a kai kai. What's a kai kai? Well, it takes one a and one a to change it into a whole new thing. So with a kai kai, kai kai would be if you were a drag queen. And Russell was a drag queen, and y'all went to go have mask for mask Whataburger.
0: So that's it's two (laughs) drag queens having sex. That's what it is. Oh,
2: yeah, it's a kai. -kai. That's when one drag queen and another drag queen get together, lesbian moment, okay, and they consummate their friendship, crowns,
0: (laughs) and they have sex. In or out of drag, uh, I don't know. I don't. How do I put
2: this? Uh, They uh, eat the taco (laughs) burritos. (laughs) Every, Mexican food is, breakfast. I'm gonna food tell you right now, everywhere. Mexican food is out of the question if I'm gonna be in drag. I'll tell you <laughs> right now. Why wow, you can't have it? So there's no eat. Taco Bell going to go. It's in after. Okay. After when the corset yeah. comes off, that's when you can order the. That's whenever up. you just unzip uh-huh. and go. Ugh, you, when you
1: open up the can of Grand's biscuits. I'm so
2: <laughs> I am so scared to like have to use the bathroom in full drag. Yeah, I won't even eat cinnamon twists.
0: Not even <laughs> Not cinnamon, cinnamon twists. Twist.
2: Fried about, pasta. <sighs>
1: what about Fiesta potatoes? Cheesy Fiesta
2: Girl, potatoes. Girl, <laughs> I ain't eating nothing covered in cheese. Not in <laughs> drag.
0: She just puts one <laughs> Pringles on her tongue and lets it dissolve.
2: The one time, Ooh, the one time on I them. had food in drag, Emma was there, and a and button it, just
1: bing bang bing
3: No, and it was because
2: I wasn't <laughs> cinched and I wasn't padded. I was just in like.
1: We were at Thakadia High School and inside in a booth, right?
2: No, no, no. I'm talking about San Antonio. At Madhouse, <gasps> that's right. Emma ordered this sickening plate of uh, mozzarella, mozzarella sticks. sticks, and she was like, "Fuck it, let's eat." And I was like, <laughs> "I guess," because I had already performed, but I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna be bloated." And that's my biggest fear is always that my stomach issues are gonna bite back. Mm. That's why I'm kind of like,
0: mm. and mozzarella sticks are just the oh, tip yeah. of the iceberg like, when yeah, it comes hey, to hey, stomach no. issues. Well, I want to jump ahead real quick to the our last word. Oh god, I'm so right, sorry. and is gonna segue into our next segment too. This is, uh, what is a Judy, and what is T?
2: Well, my Judy's sitting here with me today. A Judy is, um, that is a gay term that we use for somebody who is our good friend. It can trace all the way back to how gay homosexual men were referred to as one another back in the day in the times of like, the underground world of the 40s and 50s, in Los Angeles, in um, New York, in different areas of the world where a signifier for one (coughs) gay man to another because it was so incredibly difficult to be yourself back then, no matter your social stature or occupation, um, they typically wore either a red poppy on their lapel or a red handkerchief, and it was to signify that you were a friend of Dorothy. And that's how they would refer to each other, is are you a friend of Dorothy? And it was in reference to Judy Garland in The mm. Wizard of Oz. Which, girl, you think I'm obsessed with Joan Crawford? I am uh-huh. obsessed with Judy Garland. I if you know haven't that seen Renee good. Zellweger play Judy...
1: You were reading that so trailer oh. for Filth in my house. And it was in so my good. my home, and we broke bread.
2: Yeah. It was <laughs> so good. The movie was so good. Really? It was... And it was beautifully tragic. And I've always had a huge admiration for Miss Judy Garland in all aspects, but... That term then carries over into being like my good Judy. We're gonna have to and have your best
0: friend. We're gonna have the whole episode. We could have a whole episode on the history of these terms and phrases. That sounds awesome.
2: And T to close it out. T is what we spill. T and the best person that ever kind of like laid out the term T for me, because T in itself could be an entire twenty-six character alphabet. It can. A hundred percent, just like the word bitch, because you could be like bitch, bitch. It, it, they all mean something different it's the same word tea can be like what's the tea what's, what's your, your tea? tea what's tea which is my favorite yeah <laughs> and then <gasps> do you have any tea what's her tea and another word that goes on top of that one that goes into it cute anything can be cute mm-hmm. girl what's tea how was dinner she was cute who'd you go with my Judy what did y'all do we just had a kiki <laughs> Eight, well, just like segue into like a whole sentence
0: so here so let's go segue once again yes give me I the tea johnny top three <gasps> oh. places in corpus to kiki with your judy's period i'm ready for this one. all right <laughs> top three. Okay, <laughs> okay, three we're gonna do, do number three two and then number one let okay, so
2: number three i'm gonna have to say uh when she's safe the hidden door because that's my home bar
0: that's a fun place and
2: it's and i don't care what kind of day you're having if you go to the hidden door on a night that either Brittany or Layla's hosting and somebody has a show going on or even the people from TRE are having a show if anybody has that stage set on fire your day will be changed in an instant I don't care what shit was going on before you walked through that door you will leave the hidden door feeling like you got a a gale hug as a
0: straight guy going to the hidden door the first time ever with Emma uh, and I'm just totally not in my element just thrown in the middle of the deep end of the pool. I had a riot of yeah. the time. It was so funny and hilarious. And Brittany Andrews made me laugh so hard that <laughs> night. It changed my. In, it cha- changed so much for my own mental growth and how I interact with LGBTQIA+ community. Right. That was the. Totally. That was the. That was totally awesome.
2: And I have straight friends all the time, or even gay friends too, that'll be like, "Oh yeah, we went to this bar." And it's a straight bar, and I'm like, What did y'all do? (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, What do you mean? They're like, Oh, we drank and I was like, That's all? That's it.
1: That's on bias. Like, what do you do at a
2: straight bar? And I used to perform at straight bars back in the day. I used to sing, I used to do little gigs and gags. You
1: listen to music. Yeah, I was like, I don't
2: even drink. Fun fact, all the listeners, I've been sober for six years, but I'm like, What do you do at a straight bar? Play the jukebox. Oh, you can put some quarters
1: in the jukebox, right? Yeah, is that what you do? Well
0: What's number two?
2: Number two would probably have to be... Mm.
1: Come on, Frank. I wanna say... I know what you're gonna say, just say it.
2: Or okay, something. I'm gonna throw it out there even though I haven't been there in a really long time. Okay. Hacienda Vieja. Yes,
1: the Vieja. Hacienda
2: vieja on <laughs> Galahar. It's like Galahar the Mexican Staples. restaurant. They have the best breakfast, yes. the best brunch, mm-hmm. the best dinner. Mm-hmm. Back when I used to drink, mm-hmm. the most bomb margaritas, two is enough and you're good. Good. The best tacos, the best asada in Corpus Christi. Any really? Time, any Anytime of day,
1: anytime you go, it's fire.
2: Yeah. It doesn't matter. Ooh, actually, you know what? I Got take it back. There. The asada sickening, the aguachilas camarones, the hot shrimp. Oh my God. So good. I'm going. We and gotta go. The best breakfast platos ever, and okay. the best menudo. Like we're going. It's it. Period. <laughs> that's that's the hot spot of Kiki. Yeah. I'm down. My last place, I would say the best place to Kiki with your Judy's is on Everhart Street, and it is a Riptide Salon. Uh huh. Plug for my sis, for my sister Ivana Elisa <laughs> Uh huh. Um, I've never seen a more welcoming environment that accepts people of every creed, color orientation, belief, and background, that people f- go in there feeling either shy or timid and walk out feeling absolutely sickening and lovely. And I think that um, if you want to get your hair done you want to go to a color bar, go see Miss Ivana over there, and she will give you a nice little kiki because she loves to have people just sit and vibe and hang out in her shop. Well, thank
0: you for sitting in on uh, another uh, awesome rendition of top three places to kiki and uh-huh. judy with johnny hot cakes and <laughs> and i would have said FY. <laughs> i would have said
2: fye but it's been closed since oh so. yeah so we're gonna move right along emma
0: what's next we have an important thing coming up
1: yeah so um we have some questions to ask you that'll maybe help other people nice so um cl- coming out of the closet's no easy transition we nope. know that um living your truth Do you have any advice for individuals um, who are maybe a little scared, a little nervous to come out and live their truth?
2: I think one thing that I could probably say that would probably be words of advice to myself in that point in time that could also resonate with other people is possibly take your time because regardless of whatever time you do choose to arrive, you're going to be welcomed with open arms and you're gonna meet people that in a million years you would never think would be brought into your path that are really gonna change the entire trajectory of how you see the human experience and how you see the ideas of family and love and acceptance. You will go through moments in life where you will feel like you have never laughed so hard or cried so hard or felt so loved and compassionate when you finally find your significant other if that's your thing there's going to be parts in coming out in your journey where you're going to feel like you're hitting every single wall that life throws at you and that you can't get past it but i am just here to sit with people in my chosen family to be able to say to whoever is listening to this right now that you are born exactly the way you're supposed to be and there's absolutely nothing wrong with you off about you you are not too much and you are just enough all the same.
1: Do you have any advice to aspiring drag entertainers? Don't do it. <laughs>
2: I'm just <laughs> kidding. Don't compete with No me. no 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 no. <laughs> to anybody who Well, that's the thing, is that I don't ever see people as my competition. I see them as my equal.
1: Thank you. And I
2: feel like if I can if I can spit any shit truth on this mic today, honey. It's that there is room for all of us to eat.
1: And uh, your only competition is is who you were yesterday. Yes,
2: I said that the other day. The only competition that I find with myself is who I was yesterday and being better than that person. But as for the people who sit before me, the people who break bread with me, those are not my competitors. Those are my allies. Those are the people that we're here for each other to lift each other up. So take that same sense into that same question. If you want to start doing drag never stop learning, never stop being, never be afraid to keep learning more, to change things up. Just because you start something doesn't mean you have to be stuck to it forever. Last question from me. Totally.
0: So how can a person that's cisgendered, a straight person be a better ally to the LGBTQIA plus community? What can we do to be better at being an ally folks in the community
2: I will say this you can do everything in your power to constantly be quote-unquote supportive you can do everything in your power to be an ally quote-unquote but much like I've told somebody in my family before the best way that you can help queer people especially within your small circle of your family of your acquaintances of your colleagues of your co-workers the people that you see on a daily ba- basis that know you and who you are It's not going to be how you treat them. It is going to be how they see you treat other queer people That is what is going to resonate the hardest because I had I had somebody in my family once asked me they said um, How can I show compassion towards this person that I think that they might be a part of the LGBT community? And they haven't discovered that about themselves And I told her, I said, it's going to be how you treat other people that that person's going to see and recognize and remember for the rest of your life, for the rest of their life. And it's going to make it so easy where you don't constantly have to feel like you have to tiptoe around everything. Another great person that taught me so much about educating myself was Miss Katana Sanchez. Yes, ma'am. A phenomenal trans advocate, beautiful trans woman, and a stunning, like, show-stopping entertainer. And my best friend and one of my good duties. But Ms. Katana always said, don't ever be afraid to ask questions. The antithesis of ignorance is education. Educate yourself. If you have questions about something, don't be afraid to ask. The worst thing that you can do is assume or just not educate yourself and be stuck in your ways. The fact that so many people who have maybe made very poor choices towards the LGBT community or they had mixed thoughts or whatever, what have you in the past, now is your time to kind of like reclaim that truth. It's never too late to sit at the table and kiki. Mm -hmm. It's never too late to get your shit together at all. Just don't be afraid to ask questions. And I will guarantee you 100% that this environment when you find yourself immersed in queer culture, it's so much fun and it's so beautiful and it's so vibrant and it's so full of life.
1: Thank you so much.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Frankie Stein, we loved you on this. This was awesome. Oh you did such a great job too. Thank you.
1: And congratulations again on your national influencer campaign for Smashbox Cosmetics. That was huge. Are you going to be all over Ulta, Sephora, all that? So
2: I, given our certain circumstances of COVID-19, okay, uh, it won't be anything like that. I'm not going to touch too too much on it. Okay. But I will say I have been authorized to like talk about this part. Um with the campaign, I will be creating very, very, very special content for Smashbox <gasps> Cosmetics oh my God. that will be uh, coming out via Facebook and Instagram this Halloween. That's all I'm going to say.
0: <gasps> I want to make a real quick note before we get out of here. So you won a competition yes. to take place and throw you into this wor- new world. Yeah. I watched you compete. Cause Emma was making a huge deal in the living room. She's like,
1: Frank's going on. He's gonna compete. I was like, Johnny, get on. You had to spam his name. <laughs>
0: you have to go. You have to Instagram live. You gotta go. So we watched you perform
1: right next to each I'll other. Tell you, I'll
0: tell you. I want to tell the audience what it was. Frankie Stein performed on Instagram Live a show that was being hosted by a makeup guru. Who is this makeup guru?
2: Um, just to like run it down quickly, because I know y'all. I know y'all are on a time crunch, but. I know that um, I was asked if I wanted to do and be a part of this contest, and it was for, um, it was a collaboration between (laughs) two cosmetic brands that I love and respect very much, Artist Couture, which is a uh, influencer-based brand out of Los Angeles. They are in Burbank, they're absolutely amazing. And that is, uh, their founder is Angel Marino MacDaddy, absolutely amazing person who's taught me so much about makeup and makeup artistry through his content and his videos throughout the years. As well as Smashbox Cosmetics, which is a global brand that is iconic. And they are known for having very um, backstage, uh, runway, very like studio-esque vibes that they have with all of their products. And a lot of their products are great for stage. So them coming together, they formulated this contest that was going to be a search for the next drag cover shot superstar. And it was, um, you had to make an Instagram post and then you wrote like a paragraph regarding how you feel like this could change your life and what you could do for your LGBT community. And so I participated in that. I ended up being selected into the top four people and it was just like overnight, it was now this huge thing where it's like, oh, I have a contest to get ready for. So I'd like to give a humongous shout out to one of my favorite LGBTQIA safe spaces in Corpus Christi, the Harbor Playhouse. They're absolutely phenomenal. They opened their facilities to me completely safe and sanitized with a very small team of people who helped me feel absolutely like a damn rock star and it was all done in one day and we had to do a QA portion as well as a lip sync performance and i had this crazy idea that i didn't just want to be in front of a backdrop i wanted people to feel like they could be immersed in a show inside of a theater so i said fuck it let's go inside of a theater and let's give them a running camera. Let's yeah. give them a show. Let's put it the camera on a gimbal and let's give them like a full on performance with like the stage and the lights and the confetti and the cannons and everything. The projector girl. And I wanted to make a really strong message in using Lady Gaga's Born This Way with having a beautiful epilogue set to her rendition of um, God Bless America, This Land Is Your Land with a formal dedication to black LGBTQIA lives matter in the opening with this beautiful tribute to miss marsha p johnson
0: so while this contest is going on it's a there's four drag queen performers performing on instagram live and then the host comes back on and introduces a new person so when you went went on the screen emma was screaming in the (laughs) living room like oh my god and you know what was crazy that was an amazing. If, if I, where can people see this? Is it even available? It's on YouTube, Actually, right?
2: yeah, it's not on YouTube. If you go on uh, at Mac Daddy's Instagram and you go to his IGTV, it's there. Oh, it was so in a little crazy. after after show gig. I'll show Emma and Johnny the like logistics of how like it went down. It, was, it was so. It wild. was very very. It was an eleven hour day, and I had an amazing team of people that helped me back it up. But we did the damn thing, and from start to finish, and it was so. And how crazy was it that there would be a rainbow pyramid that was already set on stage? Because they had just finished it. Doing was your night, Frank. Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream Coat. It,
0: it was your hurt. night. It was wild. It was, it was your night. Sickening boots. And you won the
1: house.
2: I still can't believe it. I really can't.
0: I can. That was a lot of preparation.
1: Yeah. We, we, we can see how it happened. Yeah.
2: Preparation F, not H. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Frank, we're so proud of you. We're so glad that you were able to hang out with us today. Thank you so much.
0: much. Well, that's another edition of the Weird Corpus Podcast. I'm Johnny Hotcakes.
1: I'm Emma Nicole.
0: And thank you to our special guest, Frankie Stein, today. We're going to see you all in the next time. Keep it tuned to the Weird Corpus Podcast. Bye-bye. Bye.